agriculture is Saskatchewan, and 620 CKRM is your source for everything ag. Welcome to our newly expanded Saskatchewan agriculture today. Here's your host, Jim Smalley. And a good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, brought to you by Seedmasters, Nova Series 2. No clever message, just simple, no-nonsense precision. Learn more about the features at seedmaster.ca. And brought to you by Assiniboia Livestock, for the most reliable and dependable way to market your livestock. Today, the Saskatchewan stock growers launched their annual beef drive for food banks. We have a comprehensive look at the license suspension for three related grain companies handling pulse and specialty crops with a facility in Kindersley. Real Agriculture looks at a new web application from Ag Canada on crop forecasting. The chair of the Western Canadian Wheat Growers welcomes expanded support for farmers with temporary foreign workers. And we have our weekly cattle market update. The farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by JGL Commodities, proudly serving Saskatchewan agribusinesses for over 40 years. Looking to market your grain? Call JGL Commodities today at 306-624-2378. The Saskatchewan Stock Growers Association has launched its annual beef drive for food banks across this province. General Manager Chad McPherson says this year's goal is to donate 10,000 pounds of ground beef to the 32 food banks in Saskatchewan. We started the beef drive as a way for Saskatchewan cattle producers to be able to give back to people in their time of need. And given the, the current situation and with COVID, it's even more pressing. What's the goal? This year we set a goal of 10,000 pounds of ground beef. How does that compare to last year? We kept our goal the same as last year, and it's in, in line with uh, our average for the last several years. So you've been able to collect about 10,000 pounds of ground beef. Tell me a little bit about the food banks themselves, because I understand they really struggle to get meat supplies of any kind. The food banks uh, really appreciate the, the beef donations because it's challenging for them to receive donations of meat on a, on a regular basis. And that, there's a couple of factors that go into that. One is the perishable nature of meat that's got to be handled in a safe fashion, so it's hard for people to get it to them. The other one is just the cost. The meat, meat's fairly, quite expensive, and uh, it's not often that they receive donations of meat products. So you're donating, you're asking livestock producers to donate beef, ground beef, and also, though I understand, cash donations are also accepted? Yeah, the way the program works is producers that are interested in donating animals can contact our office and we work with local abattoirs to have them processed into ground beef. And the producers have no cost uh, and to cover the processing costs, we accept cash donations. And this year, Cargill has generously donated $5,000 and is matching all cash donations as well, up to $5,000. To date, over four years, how much much have the stock growers and cattle producers been able to donate? Over the past four years, we've donated approximately 31,000 pounds of ground beef with an estimated retail value of $145,000. So you're encouraging producers to, to support the food banks. We've got, what, 32 food banks in Saskatchewan? That's correct, Jim. There's currently 32 food banks across the province. And the, the meat donations, we uh, try to distribute to the central hub, and then they look after distributing it to the 32 food banks across the province. If anyone has any questions, they can contact us at the stoppers office at 306-757-8523, and we can explain how the program works and how you can participate. Chad McPherson is the general manager of the Saskatchewan Stock Growers Association. 
The Canadian Grain Commission has suspended the licenses for three related companies that purchase pulse and specialty crops from prairie farmers. The grain industry regulator has temporarily revoked the licenses for CanPulse Foods and Global Grain Canada Limited, as well as their parent company, Ontario-based Globeways Canada, as of October 31st. Globeways Canada is owned by a multinational agri-food supplier, Hakan Group, based in Dubai. In a notice published October 31st, the Federal Grain Commission says farmers who are owed money for crop delivered to these companies should notify the commission immediately. Any grain business with CanPulse Foods, Global Grain, or Globeways Canada done after October 30th will not be subject to producer payment protection under the Canada Grain Act. The Grain Commission has not released any information on security held for the three companies and how it compares to the amount owed to producers. The executive director of the Saskatchewan Pulse Growers Association, Carl Potts, is disappointed with the license suspension. Yeah, well, we're uh, disappointed to uh, to see uh, you know, a company uh, having its license um, uh, tempor- temporarily um, uh, revoked, and uh, we immediately think of, uh, of producers that could be impacted by uh, by uh, this development. Yeah, what is your message to producers when this happens? Well, it's ve- it's very important uh, that producers that that have done business with uh, with these companies and maybe old money um, have grain delivered and, and not yet paid get in contact with the Canadian Grain Commission as, as quickly as possible. There is a, a producer payment security program that the Canadian Grain Commission runs that uh, can provide uh, some protection to producers in cases like this. But it's very important that growers that are owed money get in contact with the Grain Commission right away. And it means producers, because it's not licensed anymore, should not be delivering to those locations? Yeah, c- correct. If not licensed anymore, then, uh, then uh, you know, they should not, be, uh, should not be delivering. Do you know where these are located? Uh, yes, there's a, there's a, there's a plant at, uh, at Kindersley, and I believe that there's a bean plant in southern Manitoba as well. Carl Potts is the executive director of the Saskatchewan Pulse Growers Association. Coming up, we'll have more details from the Canadian Grain Commission. Back to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. This portion is brought to you by Selford Group. Call your Selford equipment dealer or visit selfordgroup.com. The Canadian Grain Commission says the licenses for three related companies have been temporarily suspended due to a lack of security. The manager of communications for the federal grain industry regulator, Remy Gosselin, says the licenses for CanPulse Foods, Global Grain, and the parent company, Ontario-based Globeways Canada, has been temporarily suspended. So the CGC has suspended the licenses of Globeways Canada, Global Grain Canada, and CanPulse Foods because they no longer have security in place. This decision was made because the company's uh, security provider notified the Canadian Grain Commission that its coverage was terminated effective October 30th, uh, 2020. So the companies will now have 30 days to obtain alternate security uh, coverage. Otherwise, their uh, license will be revoked. So where do they operate? So there's, there's three different facilities here that we're talking about, and the three companies are interrelated through a common controlling interest. So the CGC licensed primary elevator facilities in Kindersley, Saskatchewan for Kent Pulse, and Plum Cooley, uh, Manitoba for Global Grain. And then Globeways Canada holds a grain dealer license, and it's the parent company of Global Grain and uh, Kent Pulse, and it's headquartered in Mississauga, Ontario. 
So what, what do they hold enough security? Are farmers owed money then that they haven't been paid? How does that work? Well, it's too early to tell. Basically, what we're telling the producers is if they uh, were not paid for their deliveries prior to October 30th to, 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 to contact us and uh, to make a claim. Uh, so if there's been slow payment or non-payment, please contact us. And uh, in terms of our next actions, we will be going to Kindersley and Plum Cooley to conduct field audits to ensure that there was sufficient security in place to cover uh, outstanding uh, liabilities to producers. So at this stage, you don't know if producers are on the hook or if they've even not, if they haven't even been paid uh, improperly or properly. Yeah, I mean, it's much too early uh, to tell. We've, we've commenced a process to determine liabilities and we can't comment uh, on whether or not a- uh, adequate security levels were in place until this process is complete. So as I mentioned, the CGC auditors will be on site at the company's elevator facilities. And what's more important right now is that producers have 30 days to make claims to the Green Commission. So if you have not been paid or if uh, the companies have been slow in paying you, please contact us within the next 30 days. And now, obviously, is not a time to deliver grain to these companies. Correct. As part of the uh, order that was issued by the Canadian Grain Commission suspending uh, their license. They are no licenses, uh, sorry, they are no longer um, allowed to take in grain or additional liabilities of producers until such time as adequate security is in place. Do you see this as just a security issue or is there bigger issues here? Well, you know, we, we only deal with licensees on a case-by-case basis, so our focus right now is not so much on what's going on in the markets, but uh, making sure the producers who have delivered grain to this uh, these three entities get paid for their deliveries. So again, if producers have not been paid for their deliveries or they, you know, the three companies are slow in paying them, contact us uh, and make a claim. Remy, what can producers do to ensure that they get paid or that they will be paid? So this is the message that we repeat over and over again and it's time tested. Uh, producers who wish to reduce their risk of uh, not being paid are advised to ask for payment upon delivery and to cash their checks or electronic payments promptly upon receipt. If you don't, you're basically lending your money to the grain company. Remy Gosselin is the manager of communications for the Canadian Grain Commission. Um. Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney. Brought to you in part by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamp's Integra Tire in Grenfell. Your locally owned Integra Tire dealers on The Source 620 CKRM. This is your realagriculture.com update brought to you by the Canola School. Get canola agronomic information when you need it on your smartphone, tablet, or laptop. Our library of timely agronomic information is free and available at canolaschool.com. Sean Haney here with realagriculture.com and Real Ag Radio on Rural Radio 147. Agriculture and Agri-Food Canada recently launched a new web application that allows people to get accurate yield forecasts in one place for in-season crops based on the most recent statistics. Joining us right now to discuss this and how this web application works, we are talking to Catherine Champagne. She is manager for the National Agroclimate Information Service. Service. Catherine, how are you? Great, how are you? Uh, doing great. So tell us about this new web app. How exactly does it work? Well, uh, when we first put this together, we um, have a large number of data sets that we wanted to bring together um, to, to model crop yields, which was our original intention. 
And as we developed this model, we thought it would be a good idea to bring it together into an application where everyone uh, can go in and access that information themselves because we often get uh, questions from people and they say, well, can you tell me this or can you tell me this? And we don't really have all of the answers to that. So we wanted to put all of the data into the hands of the users so that they could go in and access that information themselves. So how it works is you could go to our our, our website and you can um, select the, the region that you're interested in and you can uh, generate a, a large number of statistics based on that region. So once you select your area, you can select the different indicators that we have available. So we have crop yield forecasts, we have information from satellites on soil moisture and crop condition. Uh, we have weather data, historical, we have forecast data, we have historical yield data. So you can take all of that information and generate sort of customized reports for the area uh, to tell you how conditions are for the specific crop that you're interested in. So when I select my local area, how, how big typically is that region? Does it does it hone it down to a reasonably small size? Uh, right now, what it does is it's, we're using, mostly working at the census of agriculture level, so it's a fairly large region, although in some areas of the country it's a little bit smaller than that. And that's because that's what we're using is the publicly available crop yield information, so this is the, the area that, so you couldn't log, or you couldn't uh, drill down right to your farm, but you can see um, a, a fairly localized region and how conditions vary across that region as well. And is there some decision-making tools built into it, or, or do you read the information and then take, you know, basically write it down, print it out, and, and make some decisions? Uh, we try to leave the decision-making in the hands of the users. What, what's unique about this application from, from just going and looking at all those data sets individually is it does have our forecast information. So we generate uh, within Agriculture Canada a uh, yield forecast for 11 crops. And we do that three times a year, uh, four times for, for corn and soybeans. And that is a model that predicts what we think the crop yields are going to be at the end of the season. So these types of models uh, mine a whole bunch of different information and try to predict what the yields are going to be. So what this tool does is it allows you to look at what that forecast is and compare it to what uh, yields have been historically in that region, and then compare it to all the types of information that would have gone into the prediction of that. So things like um, heat units and uh, precipitation and satellite information. As you said, there's information on weather, pests, and, and risk conditions such as drought and disease. Where's that information coming from? Is uh, so our, our drought information comes from our own uh, drought monitoring service. So we have a, a monthly drought monitor that's produced within Agriculture Canada. And it's an assessment of a wide range of information based on expert analysis and some regional consultation with uh, drought services at the provincial level. Uh, the pest information comes from the, um, right now, largely from the Prairie Pest Monitoring Network. So this is oh, a... Nice. Uh, yeah, it comes from a, a network of, uh, of uh, uh, private sector, provincial and federal government agencies. So what we've done is we've taken the models that they've been using and we've tried to make the information a bit more accessible. Kind of bringing it all into one place to give growers the, some information that they've definitely been looking for. Yeah, that was really the intent is that, you know, all of these pieces of information are all really useful and they're all, all over the place. So the intention was with the app is to bring it all in one place so that people can look at all the information that we think is relevant 
and they can generate their own custom uh, reports based on what they're most interested in for their region and their crop. This has been your Real Agriculture Update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at realagriculture.com. It's your agri-weather forecast on The Source 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina. Specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin or Devin at 352-1866. The 620 CKRM farm weather for today. Sunny sky, wind west 20, gusting to 40, the high 19, the low 3. Wednesday, sunny sky, wind west 30, gusting to 50, the high 19, the low 4. Thursday, sunny and windy, the high 20, the low 4. Friday, cloudy, the high plus 8. 60% chance of evening flurries Friday with a low minus 3. Saturday, periods of snow, the high 0, the low minus 8. Snow on Sunday, the high minus 7, the low minus 12. Monday, clearing sky and the high minus 7. Normal high for this date, plus 3. The normal low, minus 8. The sun rose at 7.53. This morning it sets at 5.31 tonight. And around the province, the hot spot, Maple Creek right now at 23 degrees. The cold spot up north, Uranium City, minus 8. Estevan is 16. Saskatoon, 10. Swift Current and Weyburn, both 15. Yorkton is 13. In Regina with sunny sky, it's 13. That's 55 Fahrenheit. Winds are from the west at 17. Humidity 33%, the barometer rising 100.6. Sunny in Moose Jaw, 17. Winds are from the west at 28, gusting to 37. Once again, Regina, sunny and 13, that's 55 Fahrenheit. Back in a moment. Mom. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougal Auctioneers. McDougalAuctions.com And brought to you by Patterson Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizer's just better when it's wetter. Patterson Liquid Systems expect the best. The chair of the Western Canadian Wheat Growers welcomes an extension of the federal support program for farmers with temporary foreign workers. The mandatory isolation support for temporary foreign workers has been extended to November 30th because those workers have to isolate for 14 days on arrival in Canada. The $50 million program provides a maximum of $1,500 per worker for employers who isolate workers. Wheat Growers Chair Daryl Fransu of Glassland says the support extension is needed. It sounds like it's a good thing, Jim. Uh, temporary foreign workers are needed in our industry. Unfortunately, we have a hard time uh, attracting the, the employees that we need. So it, it's a stream, a stream that we got to keep open. And, of course, we got to keep them safe during this uh, pandemic. What kind of benefit does this offer producers? You know, in, in Saskatchewan or on the prairies, it's limited use. You know, I, I forget the exact number, but there's eight or eight hundred or a thousand temporary foreign workers. Um, personally, I have some friends who use them. Like I said, it's just it's hard to attract the people that we need, and and being seasonal, it's hard to attract people based on that also. So it's a uh, it's an important thing for an industry that is that is facing a labor shortage. So there is a real labor shortage even on the prairies for uh, farm help. Absolutely, especially when it's uh, just seasonal help. Any day I would, I would rather put a, a local to work, but the fact is that we have a tough time finding them. 
we have a tough time keeping them. And this is a stream that certain farmers use that, that is effective for their operations. Now, on another topic, uh, the federal ministers, the federal and provincial ministers of agriculture may be meeting uh, a little later this month. What type of message would you give them about farm support programs, given we're in the midst of COVID-19? You know, Jim, I think it's time that we finally get something hashed out. We've been talking about this for for years, literally four or five years since Liberal government got in. So it's time that we get something done or, or we move on to the next topics. There's so much time that farm groups and politicians are spending on this where there's other important things that are kind of getting left behind. So my, my message would, would be let's get something done or let's move on. And you're talking about improvements to agri-stability? Yeah, exactly. Uh, like I said, it's been it's been in the works for five years. We've studied it. We've studied it. Farm groups have given their recommendations numerous times. So it's time that we either do something or move on to the other important topics. Yeah, the what the margin I think is the key area there. there there's a few things, you know, the the trigger points, the the payouts and the reference margins are all big things. We've asked for it to be put back to eighty five percent and get rid of the reference margins. We'll see where they come out with. Tell me about your harvest. How was harvest this year up at Glassland? It went well. It was a it was a change from the last few years. We were done before the snow flew, so that was a big bonus. Uh, we dried grain until March last year. We're already done, so things went well. Yields were, were average to maybe slightly above, uh, so I can't complain on that front. What are your thoughts about markets and prices right now? You know, today it looks like we might have a down day in the market, but relative prices are, are okay. Canola's doing well with its demand. We're having trouble getting that wheat market to really go up. Feed markets are doing well. I think there, there might be a dollar or two to be made, but there's definitely room for improvement when it comes to, uh, comes to the global market. I think with, uh, with food security being a, a top issue, the demand is out there. Now we just got to get the, the money in the farmer's hand. Daryl France, who farms at Glassland, about 460 kilometers northwest of Regina. If you're tuned to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today on The Source, 620 CKRM. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Diggleman Industries. Look to Diggleman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. And the REMAX Crown Realty Ag Team of Marcel de Corby and Graham Toth. Online at landforsalesask.ca. Saskatchewan feeder cattle prices were showing downward movement during the past week. Acting Provincial Cattle Specialist Natasha Wilkie says the decline in steer prices was much worse than the heifers. Well, Jim, we had uh, feeder steer prices were lower again across all the reported weight categories as of the end of last week, I guess, as of Friday. And so price declines ranged anywhere from $2.13 per hundred weight, and that happened in the 400 to 500 pound weight category. Uh, all the way up to $13.85 per hundred weight in the 800 to 900 pound weight category. And then to see what some of the other weight categories did, we got the 500 to 600 pound weight category. That ended the week at an average price of $205.13 per hundred weight, while the 700 to 800 pound steer weight category ended at an average price of $181.85 per hundred weight. And so the weekly average steer price across all of the reported weight categories uh, last week was at $198.75 per hundred weight in Saskatchewan. And then when we move over to the feeder heifer prices, they also saw declines, but thankfully those ones weren't quite as drastic as what we just heard in the steer prices. And so the smallest decline there was in the 800 plus pound weight category, and that decreased $4.95 per hundred weight. The steepest decline we saw for heifers was seen in the 700 to 800 pound category, and that they declined $8.44 per hundred weight week over week. And they ended the week at an average price of $156.98 per hundred weight. 
I'm looking at a couple of the other weight categories. We've got the 500 to 600 pound weight category. They ended the week at an average price of $169.81 per hundred weight. And then if we look at the 600 to 700 pound heifer weight category, it ended the week uh, at an average price of $163.29 per hundred weight. And so then if we look across all the report weight categories, the weekly average heifer price was $171.45 per hundred weight in Saskatchewan. And what were the factors pushing down the prices? Well, we've seen uh, inventory really, I'll talk about it in in a minute here. Um, You know, supplies are are coming in. Uh, Last week, it'll be interesting to see what happens, I guess, this coming up week because both the spot price for corn and and futures for corn were lower, but Lethbridge barley was still kept its uphill climb. So, So let's see what happens this week. So what were marketings? Well, Canfax reported a total of 52,441 head of cattle were sold to Saskatchewan last week, and that's up quite a bit again from the 39,920 head the previous week. And a year ago, it's higher than a year ago as well. A year ago, we had 49,690 head marketed in Saskatchewan. What happened with market-ready cattle prices? Okay, so we've got some uh, some not so great news there either. <laughs> the price of D2 slaughter cows saw a decrease of uh, $4.42 per hundred weight to average $72.33 per hundred weight. And when we look at D3 slaughter cows, they uh, their prices were lowered by $4.67 per hundred weight from the previous week, and then they averaged at $61.58 per hundred weight to end out the week. And then if we go look at the average price of live steers in Alberta, they ended the week at $130 per hundred weight. And this price went down $6.50 per hundred weight from the previous reported price of $136.50 per hundred weight. Hopefully next week I can have some uphill news to tell you. Natasha Wilkie compiles the weekly cattle market summary for the Saskatchewan Ministry of Agriculture. The Market Updates with Jim Smalley on The Source, 620 CKRM. Market Update brought to you by Scott Bjornson of Hall is Wealth. For more information or to book a free consultation, call 1-800-284-9999. And brought to you by Nelson GM, Assiniboia and Avonlea. If you are a Costco member, get huge savings on current 2019 and 2020 SUVs right now. Grain prices at Viterra were mixed in early trading. Canola rose four dollars eighty cents at four eighty nine twenty seven. Lentils dropped ten dollars at six twenty nine fifty. Number one red spring wheat fell thirteen cents at two thirty three forty six. The rest were unchanged. Durham two eighty eight forty four. Feed barley two oh nine seventy. Flax six seventy one seventy five. Oats one ninety three fifty three. Yellow peas three nineteen thirty nine. Feed wheat one eighty three seventy two. Minneapolis spring wheat December futures went down one and a half cents at five fifty four and three quarter cents a bushel. It's the livestock reports on the source six twenty CKRM. The livestock quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn eight four two forty five seventy four. And now the latest quotes. This is the market report for the Weyburn Livestock Exchange for the week of November 3rd. Our last regular sale was on October 28th. We're starting to see a lot more slaughtered cattle coming to town as everyone is getting them home from the pasture. D1 and D2 cows sold from $0.65 cents to $0.75. Cents. D3 cows sold from $0.60 cents to $0.65. Cents. Good butcher bulls sold from $0.97 cents to $1.07. We had a pre-sorted Angus and Angus Cross calf sale here on Monday. 300 to 400 pounds steer 
shares averaged $2.43 and sold up to $2.55. 400 to 450 pound steers averaged $2.45 and sold up to $2.55. 450 to 500 pound steers averaged $2.25 and sold up to $2.55. 500 to 550 pound steers averaged $2.18 and sold up to $2.26. 550 to 600 pound steers averaged $2.07 and sold it to $2.17. 600 to 650-pound steers averaged $1.93 and sold it to $2.07. 650 to 700-pound steers averaged $1.87 and sold it to $1.91. 700 to 800-pound steers averaged $1.83 and sold up to $1.87. And 800 to 900-pound steers averaged $1.74 and sold up to $1.87. Heifers were about 30 to 40 cents back from the steers. Some of the highlights from the sale were a load of 430-pound black steers at $2.55 a pound, two and a half loads of 500-pound black steers at $2.26 a pound, two and a half loads of 550-pound black steers at $2.17 a pound, two loads of 600-pound black steers at $2.01.5 a pound, two loads of 650-pound black steers at $1.91 a pound, a load of 700-pound black steers at $1.85 a pound, and a load of 775-pound exotic steers at $1.86.5 a pound. This has been Stephanie Digg reporting from the Weyburn Livestock Exchange, the market that gets cattle and the prices too. And the latest Saskatchewan pork prices, one seventy-two thirty-three per CKG. That's for both the Brandon and Moose Jaw plants. Coming up, the Resource Report. Day. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley. Now the Resource Report brought to you by Olympic Buildings. See them for ag buildings, riding arenas, hay barns and more. Build with confidence. Olympic-buildings.ca Canada's top central bankers says an economic rebound that leaves behind parts of the workforce in the short term could jeopardize a recovery from COVID-19 in the long run. Bank of Canada Governor Tiff Macklem says the longer people hit by the pandemic are out of work, the harder it will be for them to find new jobs and the more likely they're to give up looking for work. He warns the combined result of impacts on workers and businesses could weigh down the economy, affecting even those who are doing comparatively well. U.S. manufacturing posted a strong gain in October to the highest level in two years, even as COVID-19 cases were beginning to surge again in many parts of the nation. The Institute for Supply Management says its manufacturing index rose to a reading of 59.3% last month, up from 55% in September. It was the highest level for this closely watched barometer of manufacturing health in the U.S. since September 2018. On the markets, the industrial sector led Canada's main stock index higher in late morning trading, while U.S. stock markets also regained some of the ground they lost last week. The TSX Composite Index was up 69 points at 15,649. In New York, the Dow Jones Industrial Average was up 349 points at 26,851. The Canadian dollar traded at 75.36 cents U.S. compared with 75.09 cents Friday. The December crude oil contract was up 12 cents at 35.91 a barrel. That's the resource report. Stay tuned for the closing grain prices at 1.45 this afternoon and an agri-news report at 3.45 p.m. Tomorrow morning, there's another agri-news report at 6.45 a.m. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Jim Smalley. Good afternoon and good morning.
You've been listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. If you missed any of today's broadcast, download the podcast now online at 620CKRM.com. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, now starting after the 12 o'clock news on your voice for everything ag. 620 CKRM.